Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast. The show contains objectionable language. Listener discretion is advised. What? 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 You want my comments? What? 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 Hmm, your ideas are intriguing to me, and I wish to subscribe to your newsletter. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I come with bad news. I can with depressing news. Our beloved XFL is no more. But what does that mean? Doesn't mean that we're gonna go in hiding. Doesn't mean we're gonna go on Twitter wars with other organizations. It means we're gonna make a transition to something that me and my co-host Carlos really are passionate about, and that is the world of wrestling. With that I would like to sign off here with the XFL Unhinged podcast and welcome everybody to the Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast. And of course, I will take the back seat on this podcast. Well, SmackDown and Raw's versions of it to my co-host and now the host of the Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast, Carlos, the Wrestling Movie Guy. Wow, guys. I bet you didn't see this coming. This is one hell of a swerve. Two years in the making, getting ready for the XFL, promoting the hell out of it, going to those games, doing all these podcasts, making the highlight videos. So much work went into it. And this isn't even talking about how much work went into making the XFL even happen. Like... We put in our hard work, and so did they, and for it to be taken away the way that it was thanks to this whole COVID situation is unprecedented. We definitely didn't see this coming. The last episode we did, yeah, we made a few jokes, but wow, you know, to to quote Ron Burgundy, that escalated quickly, and that got really serious, and... Wow, you know, times have certainly changed. We have no sports now. The only thing really left standing is wrestling. Who would have thought? Who would have thought it, you know? So, unfortunately, XFL Unhinged, XFL in general, RIP, we barely knew ye. And enter the Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast. And we thank you guys very much for sticking around with us. And before we get the show started, we want to say thank you to 503 Sports for still helping us out, throwing us some cool XFL gear. If you want to have any old school gear from the XFL, you know, throw it on at your uh, memoriam. <laughs> That's what we've all been doing for the XFL. Go check them out, 503 Sports. And I believe maybe there will still be a code in there for Unhinged. One way to find out. Uh, Make sure to follow Pro Wrestling Newsroom, PWN Newsroom. Make sure to follow them because we're all still one big family. We haven't broken up. We are still together. And, of course, we would be remiss without bringing up the unfortunate death of Howard Finkel. That man, in case you don't know him, used to do the ring announcing for the WWE, then WWF. Uh, He was the first employee ever hired by WWF. And very close to the McMahon family and very close to all of us because anytime a match opened or closed, you would hear that man every single time. You can't not hear. And the new world champion, so-and-so. 
It was always Howard Finkel, and I'm going to miss him. James, you want to throw in some uh, some kind of words about Mr. Finkel? Uh, being depressed, man. That's just bad news after bad news after bad news over the last couple of weeks. It's tough. Um, and Howard Finkel is a legend. He pretty much was the second voice of the WWF, WWE. I think he had a little short stint in WCW there at the time, too. Um, but growing up, watching the WWE, falling in love in Backlash of 2001, I think. 2000-2001 with The Rock one, beat Triple H, and hearing his voice announcing the champions. Um, he was a great man, and then, of course there's shows on the network right now that have him like documentary style having him interviewed and stuff he was a good guy uh, nothing nothing negative from any uh danger street that you're in even the people at the aew have you know sent out their regards to so this guy was an icon this guy was a legend in the business and uh like our beloved xfl and like thousands of americans and people around the world that are suffering right now um, it's just been a very dark month, and unfortunately, the darkness took uh, Finkel this time around. But um, he will be remembered, especially in the wrestling realm of things, and he will be remembered in the WWE for sure, and by, of course, the McMahon family. Couldn't have said it better myself. And, well, rest in peace, Howard. We'll see you again someday. But until then, we got to move on, and what better way to start then with SmackDown. This is our inaugural episode of SGWP SmackDown Edition. Now, the way that this show is going to work is uh, every Tuesday we're going to be releasing our review of Raw. And every Saturday or Sunday, if we can get it through Saturday, awesome. But Sunday will be the backup day for SmackDown Talk on this show. So keep also, the calendars open, y'all. Also, also J-Dash, myself... We'll do a solo show for all you AEW fans. That show would drop on a Thursday. Absolutely. Because we cannot and will not miss out on you guys. But I got to be perfectly honest. I am much more of a WWE guy than an AEW guy. But hey, it works out because James just so happens to be an AEW guy. So I think well, he's got I, you covered. It's because I live in the headquarters of the AEW. Jacksonville's <laughs> where AEW was born. So I'm right here. So why not be a part of it? But like you, I grew up watching WWE or WWF at the time. So AEW's re pretty you know pretty recent. There there's guys in AEW right now that you know everyone should know: John Moxley, Jake Hager, Chris Jericho. You should know those guys' names. Their characters were different in the WWE. They were you know Dean Ambrose, Jack Swagger, and Chris Jericho never changed. But it's the love of the business. It's the reason why we got into podcasts in the first place. And um, I'm just excited that we can continue doing something we love, give you guys content. Hopefully we can, you know, continue what we're doing. We're not going to be trying to have rivals here. So what we're going to do in this show, ladies and gentlemen, is basically, you know, cover Raw, SmackDown, AEW, and live stream pay-per-views. I mean, double or nothing, full uh, full. Uh, full gear, all Money out. Money in the bank. Money in the bank, WrestleMania, Royal Rumble. When everything gets back to normal, when we got thousands of fans in those arenas, um, it's gonna be feel it's gonna feel a little bit more. But right now, it's something we got a little something to talk about. So I'm very excited to get this going. I'm really excited to have you know AEW for myself and join my buddy here for 
Um, Raw and SmackDown is also incredible. I, it's the athletes, it's entertainment, and it's something that hopefully you, the listeners out there, enjoy. Uh, we're not going to be taking negative shots at anybody here on out or on the or the or in the industry itself. We're all at this point of time trying to cope with what's going on, and I think wrestling and how this show is going to be set up. We're going to try to you know give you guys information, entertainment, content, YouTube, anchor, websites, and our goal is to you know make you guys entertained. So those boring days quarantine with your girlfriend or your boyfriend or husband or your wife. They can listen to us, you know, laugh a little bit and enjoy talking about wrestling and events around the uh, around the world. So, I'm really looking forward to it, man. Uh, I'm tired of being depressed over the last couple of months. Um, today would have been the start of the NBA playoffs. Last Tuesday would have been the start of the NHL playoffs. So, we have this something. We got to talk about something now. Now, let's get into some SmackDown because SmackDown was good. Oh, it absolutely was. And a quick disclaimer, when it comes to AEW and whether or not you guys think I don't like it, I do like it. I very much do. I think they got something special going on over there, but I only have so much time in the world to watch all the wrestling in the world. I kind of struggle to keep up with NXT as well, but I always make sure that I got time for Raw and SmackDown. And SmackDown this week, (laughs) very, very juicy. And I figure the best way to start is to get through what's going on with Braun Strowman and the fiend Bray Wyatt. This has been years in the making. In the back of my mind, for at least the past year since we've had the fiend show up, I've been wondering whether or not him and Braun Strowman were going to cross paths again. Because the fact that they're both on SmackDown and they both have been in contenders and now have both been Universal Champions made me wonder where this could lead. Could The Fiend try to be friends with Braun? Will Braun maybe still have some respect for The Fiend? This has created so many different angles in my head that I it, it actually kind of spins just thinking about it. James, what do you think about all this so far? Uh, so far, uh, if, you, if we rewind it back when we were doing our old, other podcast, um, we've always had you know interest of this sh- this matchup, we've always wanted it. Uh, when when Braun was in with the, uh, the the Wyatt family with you know, you know uh, Rowan and I almost said Bro, it's not Broly. Uh, Luke Harper. Luke Harper. Um, and how they broke up. I w- and how the feed has been just his character over the last couple of months. Uh, bravo! He's the, he's the best. Bravo, he's unbelievable. Bro. The whole WrestleMania bit with John Cena was fantastic. It was a real Nightmare on Elm Street with time travel kind of event. I'd never seen anything like it before except for maybe the final deletion, and I would put it right up there. I I like it better than the final deletion. That's debatable. The final deletion is kind of like the first summer blockbuster. Like It was the first really good, not in a wrestling ring kind of gimmick that really blew everyone away like yeah we've had a few other ones before like maybe the rock against mankind and ironically enough an empty stadium or undertaker versus mankind in the boiler room match you know all good stuff or the boneyard match which aj yes well that came afterwards the boneyard match was excellent as well but just the idea that they went back in time with john cena to where he could have turned heel on bray and put him over but he didn't just makes it so special but the final deletion just the destruction between two brothers and you got the gardener there and you got the drone flying around like 
it was really the first of its kind. It was just so far out there that it's. It, I, I kind of think of it like Jaws. You know, that's the first summer blockbuster. There have been so movies that have so many movies that have come out since then in summer and have better special effects and oh, depending. Yeah. You know, maybe they're considered better movies, not by me. But Jaws is such a seminal thing that you can't take away its crown, and that's how I feel about the final deletion. Yeah, and, but the the one thing about this feud between Braun Strowman right now and Feed, it's perfect. They haven't messed it up yet. One thing I've loved about WWE so far over the last couple of weeks, months, with um, Bray Wyatt's character, they haven't messed him up. And that's one thing I've noticed with a lot of characters in the WWE over the last couple of years is that they get they have something good going, and then they bury him. After they were getting the heat, like getting ready, like the Wyatt family was awesome. It could have gone for another, I don't know, maybe another two years. I thought they kind of killed that character off a little bit too quick. That's why we got the final deletion with Matt Hardy. Uh, that was a nice little storyline. But how Bray has turned his character around to where he is today and where he is in SmackDown, um, the, the, you know, the, the kid storyline to you know, the evil, you know, Halloween-style type of character. Um, it's been awesome. And I've really enjoyed that storyline with Cena. I've enjoyed him over the last couple of... Uh, I think it was Randy Orton, last one before that. Um, well, no, well, you, you can't forget, though, that uh, he did... Uh, Bray Wyatt did get killed by Goldberg at the Saudi Arabia event at uh, Crown yeah. Jewel. That, I, I, I would say that that's, what, that's the one thing, the one major thing besides Seth Rollins and that terrible Hell in the Cell match. Those are the two number one things that they did absolutely wrong. But I feel like people have completely forgotten about it. The Goldberg match between Braun Strowman and, and Goldberg just wasn't all that great. I know they're, they're pumping it up, saying, oh, spear, 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 slam, slam, slam. That was amazing. No, it really wasn't. But I think that if it was in a that large was an emergency with case. the crowd, that would have helped. And yeah, Roman was, Reigns wasn't there, of course. It was an emergency case scenario. They had to do it because of Roman. Very much so. So Strowman, one could argue, is a lucky champion at the right place at the right time. But what they have done with him, how he's been carrying the title, has been nothing short of excellent. So it really doesn't matter at this point. That's only but been two do. weeks. Yeah, it's only been two weeks, but it's been a memorable two weeks. There have yes. been plenty of champions that win it. You know, Sheamus, my boy, I love him, but when he took the title from Roman, can anybody really remember what he did over the next couple of weeks? No, he, not really. Did he make I it don't. to Backlash? Yes, he did. He did hold on to the title for a while. Okay. He was like a placeholder, essentially. Poor guy. I do remember he had the Sheamus 515 shirt. That was that was pretty funny. I actually bought one of those. Because <laughs> Roman Reigns held on to the title for five minutes and 15 hey, seconds. Hey, that's not stupid. I bought a, a case of a little bit of the bubbly. That is not stupid at all. That's a wonderful investment. And Le Champion actually, endorses and, it. And, and it's very delicious. It's actually pretty freaking good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got Chris Jericho's seal of approval. It's got to be good. Yes. So, all right. So, they're on the right track. But is Tamina on the right track? And is she on the right track? Maybe that's not the right question. Because, obviously, she is. Because she now has a shot against Bailey. For the women's title, the SmackDown women's title. But is this too much too soon? Because we haven't seen Tamina in a long time. And don't mean to get personal on here, but it kind of 
felt for a while that she was maybe possibly getting buried by WWE due to the unfortunate circumstances of her father, uh, Jimmy Snuka, who, if you don't know who he is and you don't know what happened, don't really want to get into it here. I just want to stick with what's going on in the ring. But I know that Tamina got hurt. And before she got hurt, all of that courtroom stuff was going on. So that couldn't have helped. And now she's back after suffering so many unfortunate injuries. And it's good to see her in the ring. And she's looking good. But is it too much too soon? Should this, should it maybe be somebody else? Should Tamina have been teaming with somebody? And it kind of seems like she is with Lacey Evans, but it was just throw it was thrown together at the last second. I just don't feel like her and Lacey Evans are really meshing that well. But what do you think, man? Do you think it's too much too soon, or is this the right time? Is it is it finally Tamina's turn? Uh when you look at it, look at the women's div- division, and especially in SmackDown, well, you have what Lacey Evans. Which is a, a rising well, her feud with Bailey. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a major feud. Yeah. Uh, without honestly, if Nikki Cross or Alexa Bliss didn't have the tag team titles, they would have that feud going. You know, to what it is now. I think Tamia. I don't. I know her history and the family and the business that she is that she her family's been in the wrestling business. I just feel like it's almost. Hey, here's all your, you know, dedication over the years of being not even a mid card wrestler in the women's division, but almost a manager slash afterthought, secondary character. This Which is, is unfortunate almost, because she is very good. Yes, um, but unfortunately, I know, I know to me is on SmackDown. I think that if she's a type of wrestler that should be competing with, you know, Nia Jax, but Nia, as we know, is on Raw. Um, but I, her body of work, had, she, to me, over, over the time that I've watched SmackDown over, over the last couple of weeks, I don't think she deserves a shot at it. I really do think this is just a rush thing to force a storyline to fill until Money in Bank or, and honestly, until this crisis kind of settles down, until they can get actually into arenas. Um, but I really don't like the storyline. I've honestly, you know my opinion. About Sasha Banks and Bailey for two years now. Mm-hmm. How it just seems like it's a never-ending story that needs to end. Um, but yeah, it could be just a filler match. And honestly, <coughs> excuse me, if Tamia does defeat, uh, she did defeat uh, Sasha Banks, so she gets a title shot with Bailey. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's. Do you, you see this carrying on the Money in the Bank? Because honestly, I don't think it's going to last three weeks to Money in the Bank. I, I, think like- that, I think that it might because they are also limited on the amount of talent that they can use. So a lot of these performers are definitely going to be getting major brownie points with McMahon. And I think that he's going to want to reward that. I do believe that Bailey, it's kind of run its course at this point with her title run and i remember agreeing wholeheartedly with you that this whole will they or won't they break up it with bailey and sasha really got old but because they were toying with the same sex relationship thing two years ago with this exactly and on top of that the both of them were so much more bubblegum they were they were faces but now they're heels and And because bailey Bailey has a bailey plays a crappy heel 
I'm sorry. No, no. I oh god, I love her as a heel right now. I, I am enjoying Bailey so much more now than I ever have in her past. I'm a heel fan. I just don't think she's a good heel. Oh, I think she's great because she cheats and she's saying that she's a role model, saying that all little girls should be like her if they want to grow up to be a wrestler. Oh, that is great. I love it. it, And to me, it doesn't seem like a face. It seems just like heels trying to fight for a title. Well, there you go. You said it's not trying to be a face. That's the point. She's a heel. I mean, hell, you saw the way that the, like that video of like the kid crying when she destroyed her wacky inflatable tube, man. Like, I, I love what she's been doing. And it has given me a renewed interest in what's going on between her and Sasha. And the fact that she threw Sasha in front of her to Tamina like a sacrificial lamb only added more depth to the story for me. So I, I really am enjoying it so far. Whether or not Tamina's going to win it, I don't know. And I don't know how Lacey Evans really fits in this anymore. Because for me, she was kind of an afterthought when it came to her and Sasha. I thought maybe she'd go messing with uh, Dana or Carmella or something. Don't well, know. Least, but hey, that's we're actually, you know, for the first time in how many freaking months of all of our past podcasts we've done, we actually have an opposite of opinion on something. You damn right. Finally, it and took I will the stick with it. <laughs> it took like two and a half years in the XFL exactly. dying. <laughs> oh God, I feel bad. <laughs> too much. Too much. <laughs> Well, let's let's go back to something a little more uplifting, like the Mandy Rose and Otis romance. Oh yeah, I love this. <laughs> this has just been the best. It really reminds me of the old Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth storylines. Otis is absolutely hilarious, but he also can really tug at your heartstrings with his sad faces. This whole Mandy Rose storyline has been phenomenal uh definitely top three moments of this past wrestlemania was mandy rose and otis finally getting together it was just it was just beautiful y'all oh it was just so so good um do you think that we've gotten to such a high high bar for the enjoyment of this that it's going to slowly trickle down because I don't see that happening myself right now. And and I'm expecting for the the ground to fall from underneath this whole thing. But it just keeps getting better and better. Sonya Deville comes out this week and calls out Mandy Rose, crying, all apologetic. Mandy Rose finally comes out. And Sonya just flat out destroys her, saying she's talentless. She's always been stuck to her, like playing the number two to the super hot bottom Mandy Rose, and she doesn't need her. She knows her better than anybody else. Because she knows her better than anybody else, she's going to absolutely destroy her and make her life miserable. Dolph Ziggler comes out. He's still in love with Mandy Rose, or at least he's playing it like that. Sonya punches the hell out of Mandy, and then Otis comes out. Oh, it's just great. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. There's so many ways that this could also go, just like with Braun Strowman and The Fiend, just in a much different style of storytelling. <laughs> Do you think this is going to fall off? What do you think is going to be the next erection? Uh, erection? Really? Well, you have my attention. Now you have my <laughs> erection. Uh, wow. Um, honestly, uh, I think Otis has gone to the Big E School of Dance uh, because those two wrestlers just love humping air constantly. Yes, they do. <laughs> and they look hilarious doing it. Um, but I honestly, I like the Otis... 
uh, storyline and the pitch with uh, Mandy uh, with Mandy Rose. Uh, that's it's it's actually been in the last two weeks has been very entertaining. The date now you have the the code breaker that's sneaking in telling the truth. That was a little nice little spin. Still trying to figure out who that guy is. Over the last I got months. my money on Mustafa Ali. I think the the hacker, as it were, is Mustafa Ali. Oh, okay. Um, if you look at if you look at his hand, his glove that he wears when he comes in with the whole Sub Zero getup on, which I love by the way, it's got the little circle sign. So I think that it's him, unless they're pulling another swerve, which I wouldn't put it past Vince. No, yeah, but. At least whoever this hacker is, he's telling the truth. And we saw, you know, Sonya Deville, what she did with the cell phone, and how she set up the date with Dolph Ziggler situation, how they did that last week, and how they executed it this week. It's just always this character. When you think of heavy machinery, you think badass, big, you know, a tough tag team who dominated NXT when they were down there. Then you get. You know, Mr. Oh, yeah, hoo, hoo, jumping around, dancing, going to Big E School of Dance. Um, and Scotty Too Hottie. Yeah, Scotty Too Hottie. Oh, yeah, the the worm. Yeah. Uh, I like his character, and I just hopefully they don't put him into a situation where, like, a lot of good potential good love storylines, they can either – do the right way, like they did with Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, even though that was you know, 20 years ago. Um, no, they but, definitely had their ups and downs. Yeah, but I don't want to see you know the radiart superstar type of storyline or that Vicky Guerrero edge storyline type of love story. I, I think I think I know the one that you're looking for. You remember when Tajiri and Tori Wilson got together? Yes, <laughs> that was huge. Yeah, that memory you had right there. Remember how it ended? Yes. Yeah, that, yeah, that reaction's right there. You go from like, oh my god, Tajiri and Tori Wilson, two people that couldn't be more different, coming together is beautiful. And then somewhere down the road, Tajiri becomes a complete a-hole and is forcing Tori Wilson to wear geishas. He's like locking her up in his, uh, in, in his part of the locker room so nobody can talk to her. He's completely possessive and it eventually destroys the entire relationship. Nobody enjoyed that whatsoever. And I know that sometimes you're going to break people up in storylines. That let's, happens. Let's it, just it's a gift. Yeah, but not let's like just that. Don't, yeah, let's don't get too extreme where we get to Mae Young type of, you know, uh, Mark Henry type of stuff. Okay, I'm not going to lie. That was actually kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> but in a planned night from outer space kind of way. But that stuff won't pull go this time in this day and age. Just saying. Eh, we'll find out. They got dangerously close with Liv Morgan and that whole thing. Oh, not gonna, nobody remembers that happening. Or maybe they do, but it just seems so long ago that they had to come out in the middle of the uh, Rusev and uh, the Rusev and Lana storyline. But forget about that. We'll see what happens with uh, Mandy Rose and uh, Senor Otis. But today is a new day. For new day are the champs, baby. They are indeed back, eight-time champions. The New Day, wow, man, they just keep going. It, it's amazing the longevity that these guys have and just how valuable they are to the WWE brand. And may I say that that was one of the best celebrations ever, right at the end of the show, where Biggie gets the titles, he's rolling all over the ground, he's licking the titles. 
It really seemed like he was going to have some uh, fornication with the titles. I can't help but love, 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 love the way that he acts through and through. It's just unfortunate that the rest of the New Day couldn't be there, especially Xavier Woods, who is still healing up from his torn Achilles heel. And we wish him the best of health. Hopefully he gets back in there real soon. But the New Day, man, what can you say at this point? Like, I really want to talk about them, but it's just unbelievable. Their their success is through the roof, and being eight-time champions and having the record for the longest uh, the longest reign as tag team champions is could say unprecedented. Well, what can we add to this? Uh, they over the last couple of years. They've had their little, little short stints of runs of the title. Then they actually had their really long one. When I think they were hosting WrestleMania, was that were, were they tag champions yep. then? That, they were indeed still tag champions, um, and they hosted. And they beat everybody else. The Usos yeah. were still trying to find themselves again. But ten years from now, I know this is you know advancement here, ladies and gentlemen. But ten years from now, when we look back, when we think of the New Day. Can you say, in my opinion, are they in conversation of being the greatest tag team of all time? Eight-time champion? Well, you, they're in the same conversation as the Hardys. They're in the same conversation as the Dudleys, Edge and Christian, Legion of Boom. Is it Legion of Boom? Legion no, of Doom. Doom. Uh, I mean, let's not forget the Four Horsemen. Four Horsemen. Incredibly in conversation. Um, the Fabulous Freebirds, Rock and Roll Express, I mean, the list goes on and on. They're definitely not in a, no disrespect to these guys, they're not in that APA territory, who were awesome, but they never just took over. Well, they also, WrestleMania. Yeah, you also have the other tag team from the other company that are, they've been around the block, Lucha Bros, uh, the Young Bucks, and so on. But oh, they're dude. in the conversation. Amazing. They're in the conversation, and for what they have done to the industry, and because they are a minority tag team, they are going to be. You know, Kofi was the first. Was it the the first uh, African American? Universal uh, champion. Yeah. Um, no, 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 SmackDown champion, not, not Smack- Universal champion, World. Yeah, yeah WWE World champion. They I have they have breaking barriers. All Universal, that'd be easier. Yeah. They are trailblazers. Yes. And right now, they're eight-time champions. Very few wrestling uh, combos have done that. Um, I can only name like a few at the top of my heads. I don't even think the Hardys got eight-time. No, nah, Hardys, I believe, won five. Seven? Uh, Was it seven? Good Lord. I think it's <laughs> <laughs> Look at us screwing up with all of our numbers. <laughs> I think they were five-time when they joined, came back in the WWE, and they they had two reigns when they were back. Um, but well, you guys listening, you know the internet has all the answers. Yeah. Um, if we were just sit, if we were to just sit here and Wikipedia every single thing that we bring up, the show would probably go on forever, and there'd be nothing but dead air. <laughs> True. But how I honestly, I would watching SmackDown. You know, a nice Friday night, enjoying my time. I did not expect the titles to switch hands. Me neither. I thought the uh, Miz and Morrison were going to hold on to it. I would have thought that they would got to well, the money in the bank with the titles, but the, usually you don't see title switch hands on a random Friday night in the middle of a build-up pay-per-view type of event. You usually see it maybe the night after a pay-per-view or the first 
Friday after a pay per view. Like you see, we see titles change hands all the time on the Raw after WrestleMania and SmackDown at WrestleMania, but not after a weekend. Um, I was surprised. I didn't. I thought Miz was going to pull it out, or if the titles did switch hands, I thought the Usos were going to get it. But um, that was an entertaining triple threat match, even though it was supposed to be tag team. Um, well, they can only have so many people in yes. the room, unfortunately. But, so. Big E is a hell of a single competitor. Yes. And, and it was a good match. Yes, he went to the table too early saying, watch what I'm going to do here. And he proceeded to get, you know. <laughs> I was laughing my ass. I was like, a man with a plan. What, Mike? <laughs> oh, this GoPro? You don't need it. Tablet? Get out of here. Oh, dude, I was laughing my ass. Off. I um, love him. He's like, I got an idea. And he ends up being put into the uh, table. Um, but it was a great main event for SmackDown. And, yes, I know it's going to be kind of cliche, but everybody in the wrestling industry wants to have a new day. Uh, yes, it is, because of what's going on. And, I, and having New Day have the titles right now, it's, uh, it's going to be entertaining because they're fun watching them. And especially it puts their a smile on your face. Yeah, And their feud with the Usos over the years, awesome. Um and that tag team division SmackDown's pretty entertaining, and it's just nice to see them still have it. Usually, tag teams don't last that long, and it's awesome. And I really enjoyed it, and I was really surprised that the belt switched hands. Um, but yeah, it's it was an entertaining uh, match, and I really enjoyed how they presented it. Even though we can't have the, you know all the people in the ring at the time, but yeah, uh, it was a brush of fresh air and a new day. <laughs> a brush of fresh air, <laughs> a breath of fresh ass. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> what? Um, uh, one thing that I that I think is going to have some interesting ramifications is what's this going to do between John Morrison and The Miz? Is this possibly? And you were mentioning it before the show. Is this going to start uh, to create um, cracks in the armor of their friendship? Could we have another Chris Jericho, Kevin Owens? type of breakup going on here and i for one would be okay with it because when morrison got signed to the company or johnny mundo as i prefer to call him when he got signed to back to the wwe i was not expecting him to be teaming up with the miz or frankly anybody but he's made a work with the miz so i've been all right with it but i'm ready for him to be unleashed they brought him back in they allowed him to get used to the WWE style again by working with The Miz, who is by far one of the most safest workers in the game. Not Triple H, but in the ring. Get your mind out of the gutter, people. And I would just, I'm excited to see what Johnny can do on his own. And this could be the start right here. And on the next topic, could this finally be the start for my girl Dana Brooke? Oh, man, I was so happy for her. <laughs> if you've been following this show and following my Twitter for long enough, you know that I'm a huge Dana Brooke fan, and I've been waiting for them to give her an opportunity. And she finally made her way through to the money in the bank by getting her entry by beating Naomi. I like Naomi. Big fan of hers as well. But she's already been at the money in the bank a couple of times. It's Dana's time. I'm very happy with this. James... How do you feel about Dana Brooke? Do you think she's finally getting her due now? Or is this really a sign of not much to come? Uh, I don't want to uh, crush your 
uh, your hopes and your dreams. Um, I'll, I'll let Vince McMahon do that for me. Thank you very much. Um, well, he's done that multiple times. I know. Um, <laughs> in recent memory, too. <laughs> I, I think Dane Brooke over. He's she's been. She's always been like that, that castaway type of character or wrestler. She's never been put into any type of big type stipulations. I think. Honestly, what Michael Cole said on a, on the broadcast, uh, this was her biggest, could be her biggest win in her career. I'm and, pretty sure that it is. I mean, and, I've been following her since she was working with Charlotte, and there hasn't been a whole lot. But I do remember a few months ago, a couple tag team matches. She got a win by being on the team. She didn't actually get the pin, so take that for what it's worth. But yes, Dana, this is her biggest win so far. I just think that they're they need to find you know spice up the the ladder match for the uh, money in the bank uh, match in a couple of weeks. I, I don't want to you know be rude and all, but I think you're always going to have that one or two wrestlers that are in this match every single year that are they're fillers. They're just there to fill a position in the in the in the, in the, in the match. It'd be nice if they have her do something. Do I think she's going to win it? No. Um, you have you know Oscar and Nia Jax in the match, so it's she's as of right now she's the lesser of all the all all the perp people there or people all the wrestlers are in that match. Uh, that's not being a dig at your girl. So I'm not I'm not you know I'm not bashing her. I just don't think she is. She I think got rewarded for her dedication to the company being Naomi, but I don't think they're going to give her the go ahead of grabbing that briefcase at Money in the Bank. Well, you kind of got to wonder, what if they do? Because right there, that would be a hell of a feel-good story. And I'm not going to sit here and say that she is this, but that could possibly mold her into a Daniel Bryan type of character. Where, like, all the... Everything was stacked against her. Nobody believed in her. And boom, she went out and she did it. And on top of that, next week, next episode, we will be discussing this. She and Carmella are going to be getting a shot at the tag, women's tag team titles. What if she wins the tag team titles and wins the money in the bank? I don't know how well it would go over because I, I, I'm a huge fan, but I know there's plenty of people that aren't really uh, that, that high on her. But I think that that would be one hell of a swerve. People wouldn't expect it. I would love it. And I think that uh, it would just create, a, you know, possibly put a lot of smiles on people's faces. Like, this is the, I want to make people feel good time to do that for the WWE. They talk about putting smiles on people's faces. Well, everybody's pretty damn depressed right now. And why not allow somebody like Dana Brooke to finally reach her goals and have that shot? I think that that's the way that they should do it. But... Like you said, with people like Oscar in in that match, it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough sell. Oh yeah, it's she's I can't. She's not really getting a push. She just I think she got rewarded for her long dedication into the the years and the months of just being completely being left out. Yeah, she's and, been putting people over left and right. Exactly, and Vince. Or Triple H, whoever's back there running SmackDown, uh, they see that, 
And if you stick with the business long enough, you eventually get a push. So, yeah, I could compare her, honestly. I know this is a stupid comparison. Uh, WCW. You can compare her to DDP. I know it's an odd comparison. Hold on before you people question me. DDP hey. was a DDP was a manager for a long damn time. Mm. And when he finally got into the wrestling business, he was always putting people over. Until Macho Man Randy Savage put him over, I think three years into his career. And DDP became DDP. Can Brooke be like that? Can your girl be like that? Yeah, she's been in the lower card the whole time. She's been putting people over, but no one's put her over. This could be her breakout. She could be a DDP. I know. And mm -hmm. knowing you, you'll take that because DDP won, I think, three championships in WCW. Yep, had a phenomenal match with Goldberg as well. Like, I, know that's a, I know that's a strange. He, he was kind of like the people's champion in WCW. Not like The Rock, but people loved him. He was going into the crowd with the title, celebrating with everybody. DDP was beloved. Exactly. And then he came to WWE. Let's, 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 let's not talk about that whole Sarah storyline. Well, he got hurt. And he well, yeah, but do you remember the whole Undertaker bit? And it's like, ooh, why did they turn him into a psychopath stalker? That, <laughs> that we wanted to do. Whatever. Hey, it's all about, about DDPY. Get your workout in, eat right. That's all <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's get to this. As we're nearing towards the end of the show, because we can't go over every single thing that happens, but one thing we do like to talk about is what's going on behind the scenes. And we'll try to get a couple stories in every week to make sure that uh, you guys stay up to date. But this one, since, it, since this, this is the first episode of the relaunch, we may as well get this out of the way. How has the lack of fans in the stadium affected your experience watching WWE? I love it. Really? Um, it's not because I do love the crowd, the crowd reactions, but you have to admit, there are certain cities in the United States, and when the WWE goes to, like Pittsburgh, like, <coughs> Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn, like uh, Omaha, I know that's a strange city, but still. <laughs> we just lost uh, all the listeners in all those cities. <laughs> they go to the events and jerk off. They don't. They don't ah! They don't see. We completely lost them now. <laughs> no, um, it's over. There was a hole, and you just fucking threw us in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There are there are cities. There are certain cities in this country when the WWE is at these locations, and a bigger like the, an awesome match is happening. You hear dumbass fans cheating, uh, cha uh, chanting CM Punk after six years since he's been gone out of the company. Oh yeah, I'm so sick of or, that. Or like. Tossing around beach, uh, beach, uh, not beach balls, and stupid little chants that have nothing related to the match, and that's why you see a lot of wrestlers. I know if you want to have time for this, there is a Chris Jericho, uh, Talk is Jericho, one of his podcasts. I think it's uh, right when he May of last year. He said one. It's not wasn't the reason. It's one of the things that he wanted to get out of the WWE. Is that he got irritated while he's having a, a, not a, not a Dave Meltzer five star match, a you know two to three star match, a very good match, and he gets sick and tired and hears people chanting about something else, um, and people don't realize that these fans don't realize that this affects the wrestlers. They're there to entertain you, and if you're completely not paying attention to them, it really gets to them. Even legends like Chris Jericho have noticed that and said something about it. Um, 
the reason why I love these locations is that you actually see these wrestlers' characters, how they're presenting their characters. Without no crowd, it tells you how good they really are, how they are, you know, molding their character and actually performing on the in the ring. Hmm. You're actually seeing the art of these guys and these ladies, how they're presenting their character, and how they're performing in the ring, both in AEW and in the WWE. It, the reason why I love it, that's the reason why. I miss the crowds. I'm not judging the, to, the comparisons of the AEW crowds and the WWE crowds because that's, you know, tomato, tomato. But it's the time where we actually see how these characters are or these wrestlers are building their characters in the ring and how they're performing in the ring. It gives their chance to make themselves become bigger than who they are when they're in the arena of 10,000 or in a stadium that holds 50,000 people. That's the reason why I like it. Do I miss the fans? Yes. Do I miss getting pissed at Pittsburgh and Brooklyn and Omaha? Yes. Am I, am I, do I miss the fans going crazy in Chicago? Yes. But if you love this industry like we do and how we follow them our whole lives, the art of them building their characters and actually performing in the ring without the distraction of the fans makes you really appreciate this industry. And that's why I like it. I will say... You make a pretty damn good point there, because as I was watching the Triple Threat match, I did. it occurred to me eventually that I wasn't even thinking about the fans. I wasn't even thinking of the fact that it was an empty arena. I was just really getting sucked into the match. The story that these guys were telling was great. And that is a really good, uh, that's a good way to look at it, where you... We realize that the fans being there and thinking and thinking that the matches are all about themselves and forgetting that these performers are putting their bodies on the line for your entertainment. Even if you go in there on your phone and you're looking at it the whole time while they're wrestling, they still have to continue wrestling while you're looking at your phone. But say they turn around and see you looking at your phone, not paying attention to them. It could make them question themselves. Why are they not looking at me? Have I done something wrong? Am I boring them? And those little moments definitely, I'm sure, takes a toll on the performers. But without the crowd, you don't have that. It's almost like you're watching a well, theater in a way. Like, uh, you know, when, when I don't know if you guys ever took theater, you've had this experience where, like, you're all together, you're getting into your characters, and you're laying it all out there. And you're getting the best that you possibly can out of your own performance because you don't have your family and friends and schoolmates and everybody in the crowd. You're able to lose yourself in your character and what you're doing. And that's actually a really big plus of not having the fans in there. But on the flip side of that, I definitely do miss having the reactions like Otis and Mandy finally getting their kiss in. That crowd would have erupted. There would have been tears in that stadium, just like when Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth finally got together after sensational Sherry betrayed Macho Man. Like, that is such an iconic moment. It could have really lifted this whole Otis, Mandy Rose storyline. But at the same time, it didn't quite diminish it either because it was just so damn good you got lost in it. So I can't wait to have the crowd back. But you definitely made a good point that the idea that you can get lost in what's going on because you don't have those outside distractions is a really good observation. 
But we got to get on to something a little little heavier at the moment. Releases, releases, releases. Uh, it's It's been pretty bad with WWE recently. A lot of, a lot of guys have been released, like Rusev, um, EC3, guys who didn't really even get a chance to get going. Drake Maverick was one that surprised me. Leo Rush was gone, too. Like, it's it was a bloodbath. It was a massacre. So many Anderson people just Gallows. got cut. Anderson and Gallows, absolutely. Part of the original Bullet Club. The club is now gone. How do you think this is going to affect the morale with the roster? Do you think these guys are going to get their jobs back, maybe at some point in the future, if they want to return? I think from looking at the wrestlers over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. Rusev, had, Rusev, before Rusev Day came around, he was already on the way out. He wanted out. He was verbally, he wanted out of his contract, but back then... You didn't have a production like AEW. You had Impact, and Impact wasn't, you know, not what it used to be ten five years ago. Um, but Anderson and Gallows, uh, unfortunately, with them, they have they they're going to go back to New Japan when they have a chance. Um, they thrived over there, or they can they're going down to Lucha Underground or AAA down in Mexico. Um, do I see them? Ten, do I see them AEW bound? I I don't think so. Even though they're very good friends with the Young Bucks, um, because the Young Bucks are formerly part of the Bullet Club, um, but I see them either going to the NWO, not NWO, um, ROH. NWA. NWA is back too. Can't forget about that. Yeah, they're slowly climbing up the ranks. Yeah, uh, they're either going to the independent leagues uh, or they're going to New Japan, and New Japan's also that's a great place to go there's some great app uh great competitors over there um jericho goes over there a couple times a year i i do believe the carl anderson recently tweeted an image that looked a lot like a bullet train yeah so, that, if yeah. it's a if, it, if it's a bullet train he's going back to japan and that and, and that's a, gr- a place where he thrives uh, but if you're if you're looking at the, the roster cuts and wondering where rusev or ec3 will go uh rusev an EC3, in my opinion, um, when everything settles down here in a couple of months, they're honestly they're they're AEW bound. I really do believe so. Um, Rusev, I've always believed that the WWE has underused Rusev, has always mistreated Rusev. They brought him in as this dominant Bulgarian brute eight years ago. Originally he, Russian, characterized anyway. Went from dominant, winning countless matches, a couple of U.S. titles, then they threw him to the side, then they put him in the League of Nations, and they threw him to the side. Then, I think the WWE didn't like him and Lana getting married um, in real life. I think that had a uh, effect, but it felt like the WWE wanted to push Rusev out. And well, when it came to them getting married, it wasn't so much that they got married as the fact that they put the pictures up on Instagram, breaking kayfabe, which... And- to be fair, Kayfabe has more or less kind of been dead for a while now, but for some reason they just really got mad at him, like in that particular yeah. spot. And then Rusev Day popped in, and that was you know, very entertaining because um, everything was Rusev Day. But Vince didn't create it, therefore yeah. he didn't want to push it very much. Like Zack Ryder, Zack Ryder got over thanks to the internet, but he didn't. Zack Ryder when WWE wanted him to. 
Zack Ryder, Zack Ryder, I think is AEW bound because him and Cody Rhodes are good friends. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're buddy buddies. And when Zack Ryder was uh, released by the WWE, Rhodes uh, tweeted out instantly. Uh, I, for, I forgot what I gotta go look. At. I think it was an image or something or. Retweeted that uh, Ryder was like the number one selling T-shirt that, that next day, um, and Ryder, I think R- Ryder and Cody Rhodes, I think at one point were tag team partners back in the day in WWE. Um, so if you look at all the releases of the WWE, we know you, you got websites out there that have been tagging Vince McMahon and WWE over the last couple of days. I think it's outright ridiculous and um, how they blatantly attack them. Um, without the WWE and Vince McMahon, you won't be. You know, having your website there or your YouTube page, um, but it's the business. Everyone's losing their jobs everywhere and around the world. It's just not the WWE. Yeah, I got coworkers that have been furloughed. It's it's really bad out there, wow. and WWE is affected just as much. I and had to, a, lot, a lot of people are definitely saying how they have so much money. I'm like, oh yeah, they do. But think about how much Vince, the owner of the company, just lost just lost in the XFL. So Vince, uh, there, I think they're saying that Vince could by the, by the end of all this could lose almost a billion dollars. That's five hundred million dollars in the XFL and all the money he's losing in the and in WWE. That's why he's releasing a lot of these people is trying to save, you know is trying to save money. And when I see people on Twitter and social media, I said, Stop bitching, support him. What did I do this week when I got my stimulus check from the president or whatever it came from? I bought three T shirts from AEW. I bought three T shirts from the WWE. Yes, I bought a pay-per-view from the AEW, and I and then I actually decided to buy the whole year subscription of the WWE. I usually just usually get you know create a fake account and you know use the free previews to see pay-per-views. Oh, <laughs> um, I kept doing that. Should have said that out loud. <laughs> well, I did it. So I pretty much was twenty and sixty. I put about two hundred some dollars into both AEW and the WWE because I know with that I know they need us more than ever. They need us to watch the TVs, get the ratings, so they can get their TV money. They need us more than ever. Stop attacking the industry and support them. Um, that's the only thing I'm saying right now because right now we're all supposed to be supporting each other right now with our families and our friends for the situation that's happening around the world. Even our stuff that we've loved. Our sports are gone. MLB has gone. NHL, NBA, NFL is at risk, even though the draft is next week, hopefully. But this is our time for us to support our things that we love because they need us more than ever now. And I'm not telling you guys to go out there and spend 200 bucks like I did, but I, I wanted to get a nice, uh, you know, some little bit of the bubbly and some t-shirts. Um, um, so I can, you know, have live streams here and I don't look like I'm just some normal dude watching WWE. I'll actually have some, you know, some interesting stuff. So you guys can enjoy us when we're doing live streams, but you talk about support and you back it up. Exactly. Um, I'm, st- I'm still paying my subscription to WWE. I still got my subscription to DC Comics Online, and exactly. they're struggling. All, like comic book stores as well. Struggling. Disney. Yeah. I've read an article. I know this is completely different, but I read an article. Disney is losing $45 million a day. A day. You know how much money they have lost in a month? Do the math. Forty-five million dollars a day times thirty days of the month. That's how much money they have lost since being closed. 
Yeah, especially so, all the movies that they can't film, all the people that they have to pay for exactly. jobs that they already did for script writing, pre-production. And all, the movies that they, all the movies that they have made, and they're skipping the theaters and going to live streams, they're definitely not getting nowhere near as much as the the theaters would have got. It's the top. It's just this situation, what we've gone through right now in the last month and a half in the United States, and especially around the world, I just find it really low-class, ignorant of people attacking Vince McMahon for what he did, saying this is all Vince McMahon's fault. I guarantee you, if, they, if you own the company, you had to do this. I had to let three guys go for my my business, but I'm also an assistant manager. I had to let three guys go. We told them, hey, we're going. When the things get better, we're getting you guys back on. You're not being fired. That's tough, because me doing that, I mean, like you know, it sucks for them guy. That puts in that image in my mind. That I might be next. So don't go attacking people saying that they're a bad dude when A, he created this industry, he made it what the WWE is today, he kind of made the competition against him, WCW, ECW, the product got better of the year, WWE was, you know, being awesome, the pay-per-views were getting awesome, yes, storylines were a little confusing, the AEW has been rising, and this, this came and struck everything down, killed March Madness, Killed all our sports, but yes, it's Vince McMahon's fault. It's his fault. The guy almost lost a billion dollars this month because of the XFL and the WWE. It's uncharted territories, so go support them. They need us more than ever. Stop pointing fingers, and let's just come together as a community and support them. That's the only thing I'm saying. And if you guys are sitting here listening to us talk about all this, we really support. We really, <laughs> we support you guys. We're out there. We're your voices here, but we appreciate your support so very much. Things have been really tough, and we wouldn't be here without you guys and your support. And we thank you very much. But before we close out the show, we got to give a rating for this SmackDown episode. And the way this is going to run, it's going to be like a score of one through four. With code names. If the episode was ungodly, and I can't imagine that we're going to use this very often, because yes, we've all seen bad episodes of SmackDown and/or Raw or pay-per-views, but very rarely do you give out a dark match, aka an F. So that would be the lowest mark that you can get. Number two, opening card. That's a D. No offense to, you know, people that work opening matches. We don't mean anything against you. This is just the code. Yeah, you don't spend $50 to get tickets to go see the opening match. You're there exactly. for the name of it. Yes. No offense. Number three, mid-card. B through C or C through B. And, of course, take a wild guess. Well, number four is main event A. So now that you know how we're going to run it down from here on out, James, what is your rating for the night? Rating for SmackDown for this past Friday night, I'll give it a mid-card level. Um, because there were some great high moments. I loved it. But it's to me, it can't be a main event without the people in the stands. Um, it's a high B. It was a good show. Um the, the art and the love of the industry that I have and the, how these professionals are out there doing it, it's a med card. It's not bad. It was not bad TV. Otis pretty much gave it the 
gave it a mid-card grade, and the feed gave it a mid-card grade, um, but there really wasn't no dull moment all night. And that's good TV, and it's good TV. And I always love the two-hour type episodes. I've always thought SmackDown was, I know this may be, you know, beyond other people's opinion, but I always thought that SmackDown was a better produced show because of the two hours it had to do. So, yeah, I give it the mid-card level. Man, I got to give it an A. Absolutely. Main event kind of episode. There's so much about it that I enjoy. The only thing that I can say that I wasn't a big fan of was the uh, the Sheamus squash match. Not not too huge on that, but I did enjoy what they were setting up with uh, him and Jeff Hardy. Um, and I would say that it's unfortunate we didn't bring this up, but Baron Corbin, I actually thought, kind of brought a little bit more life to his storyline with Elias by hurting the hand of which Elias uses to play the guitar. That's pretty damn evil. I like that kind of heel work. I'd give, uh, you know, give my props to Baron Corbin. Although a lot of people hate him, but I wanted to give him a little bit of love there. But there were so many things that went so well tonight. I like what they're doing with Braun Strowman and The Fiend. I am enjoying this possible breakup between Bailey and Sasha, thrown in with Tamina. Sonny Deville and Mandy Rose, looking forward to that rivalry. Otis is great as awesome. Oh, yeah! <laughs> the New Day are the champs. Cannot go wrong with that. And my girl, Dana Brooke, finally getting through that glass ceiling. Thank God. This show gets an A for main event for me tonight. Oh, the only reason why it's an A is because of Dana Brooke. I'm just going to say that. I'm not going to say it wasn't not because okay. of Dana Brooke, <laughs> but it helped. Yes. And with that said, guys, this brings an end to the show. James, anything else you want to throw in there before we close out? Yeah, uh, I thought we were going to do Heel of the Week. We didn't do that yet, or we already did that? Uh, yeah, we'll save that for next week. I think we kind of right. flubbed it right now. Yeah, we pretty fun. much covered everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Uh, thank you for being with us over the last two years, folks. I know we switched names, but we're still you know, the same crew, as you could tell. We still know each other very well. Um, come support us at, I find it actually Twitter. It's not, <laughs> our Twitter's changed, too. Uh, go support us at PWNSGWP or the Sporting uh, Sporting Gallery Sh- Wrestling Podcast. Our Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast. Uh, sporting. Where I get sporting from? I Jesus. don't know. Maybe you've been watching too much MLS. Oh wait, that's not on either. Ah uh, oh, yes. Damn. Yeah, remember to follow PWN Newsroom as well. And your boys at Five Hundred Three Sports can hook you up with some classic old-school XFL gear. And James, you want to close it out, my friend? And with that, we'll see you Tuesday for Raw Recap, baby! Oh, yeah! Yeah! Yes, it is! This is a copyright disclaimer. We do not own or have any affiliation with the WWE. This is just a fan-made show, and all musical credit for the intro go to Dance with the Dead. Please go support Dance with the Dead and the WWE.